Hey, and we're recording. Look at that. Welcome to the Week in IndyCar and the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, Bell Racing Helmets USA, and Colton Herta, winner of three IndyCar races, not two, as some idiot who sounds like me wrote in a story on Tuesday. How you doing, my man? Hey, let's just, since we're correcting things, the winner of 30 IndyCar races, five-time Indy 500 winner, Colton Herta, boys and girls. How you doing? There you go. That sounds a lot better. Tell us, uh, where are you at this fine Wednesday morning? Are you here in California, Indianapolis? Where are you at? I just got back from Indianapolis, and I'm and I uh, am spending some time in California uh, before going back to Florida. But yeah, I gonna spend the holidays here. Good man, good man. Well, so far you're the bell of the ball this week with news of not just a number change. They're not just uh, taking stickers on and off. You uh, mm-hmm. you have a pretty significant overall entry change coming here so why don't we kick off the show my man with a question from rob ball as we get into this shift of yours from the number 88 andretti harding steinbrenner racing uh honda to the number 26 andretti autosport entry so you've got fewer names to mention in the entry here uh rob ball says colton how does knowing you have a full-time primary sponsor affect you mentally when you're at the racetrack? Uh, and asks counter to that, did the effect of being on a shoestring in your debut season in uh, 2019 and looking over your shoulder <laughs> uh, make things a little bit harder? Does it make this deal any sweeter? Tell us about this shift, man. Um, I think I... I was never really worried about it when I was at the racetrack. Um, and I really had full confidence that the car was going to be fielded. Um, and, and I always had confidence in George, the Steinbrenner family and, and Mike Harding. So, um, you know, obviously it's a lot nicer in the off season to know that. And, um, you know, we can kind of push forward and it's also nice to, uh, to be able to represent Cambridge. Obviously they do a lot for IndyCar and and so it it just kind of feels right that that um i get to drive for them and and hopefully we can get them their first win and and get them up to the front you know the the thing i'd add to that you did your best to give as much love as possible to all the various sponsors that helped you during your first two seasons any thoughts on what it might be like, Colt, knowing you've got a multi-year opportunity here with a single sponsor to really dig in, dive in, and become part of Gainbridge's marketing plans, promotional plans, but also part of the family, right? Uh, <laughs> kind of felt mm-hmm. like you were dipping out of, uh, of different homes and, you know, not necessarily having uh, the same people at the dinner table uh, quite often over the last two years. What does that do for you knowing... I could actually build something cool here that lasts a while. Yeah, it is. It is cool. And I think it, you know, Gamebridge is obviously so committed to IndyCar and, and who knows, maybe it could turn into one of those, you know, once in a generational sponsors that you kind of link a driver to, right. When you think of, you know, Jimmy Johnson, you think of Lowe's, when you think of Jeff Gordon, you think of DuPont. So, uh, who knows where this is going to go or how long it's going to last. But, um, you know, I think they're committed to being in IndyCar, which is awesome. All right, we're going to Mark Leonard. This is Colton. Your progression in IndyCar has been very fast. 
do you see yourself ready for a title challenge in 2021? Uh, also asks, how about a Gainbridge sponsored drumming event at one of the races? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, and yeah, I feel like the finishing third last year kind of showed that we can be there um, about around there, uh, but the front of the field for the championship run. So I think that, that you know, that's, that's, that has to be the goal going into 2021. Um, is is continue to finish higher in the championship than you did last year um and the biggest thing is just getting more race wins um you see guys that usually win the championship around four or five race wins a year um last year we only had one so we need to up that number to you know hopefully at least three next year um and continue to kind of progress with the car and uh, turn those kind of top five, top six places into podiums because um, that's kind of what you need to be doing for the championship. Let's go to Brian Burrell and Harishi Despond. Uh, and we did answer this in one of the uh, stories that we did, but when I go with Harishi first, says, Colton, is your engineering and pit crew moving over to the uh, 26 car as well? And if not, how do you plan to adjust to working with a new crew? So who else coming to join you? Um, to my understanding, as of right now, it's going to be pretty much everyone. Um, no one, no one is being left out from the 88 car. Um, you know, obviously I didn't get to bring my carding or George Steinbrenner with me. So it was really important that I got to keep everybody else on the car. Um, and, and that made me most comfortable. So, um, yeah, I'll still be working with, with Nathan and Brian. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's going to be awesome engineer coming with you nathan o'rourke super strategist brian barnhart so yeah some good familiarity there let's see uh, what else should we get to here hmm justin holmes asks colton where do you see yourself in the andretti team as far as a leader compared to your teammates so i think that's an opportunity to throw some of your uh, fellow andretti guys under the bus yeah, you know, I think as like uh, as far as a team leader, I feel like Ryan does the best job at that. Um, obviously, his experience is far more than than uh, really anybody in the team. Um, and also, Marco has a lot of experience there too. So they they kind of play a big role in in setup changes. And and you know, I drive so similar to Ryan that ninety percent of the time we end up on the same setup anyway. So it makes it even better that we can kind of correspond and I can use a lot of that experience and, and talk to him about setup changes and what he feels. So, um, you know, I think as far as my role as a team leader, I don't, I don't think I'm a team leader at Andretti. Um, I don't think I have the experience to be, um, but you know, I think, um, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that, that Ryan Hunter Ray and Indy 500, winner and IndyCar champion is our uh, team leader, I guess. Not the worst thing in the world to have uh, that guy. Uh, yeah. let's go to Corey Matthews, who asked Colton, uh, two questions. Is there something you're looking forward to the most in 2021? And, uh, is there a track you'd love to see come back to IndyCar's schedule? If you could, uh, make such a thing happen. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the vaccine. Ooh. And going back to normal. Um, and then I guess for a track, 
I guess also I'm I'm looking forward to racing Long Beach, although it's still up in the air. I'd love to be able to race Long Beach this year. Who knows what's going to happen with that though? Um, and then for I would love to add Fontana on for one last run of that track before it gets demolished. Oh yeah, maybe we could get a fleet of 2000 2001 cart cars as well to do it properly there you go that would be a great send-off uh new pal to the show damien hellwell asks colton any desire he's from the uk by the way any desire to come back and do some racing in europe whatever it might be wherever it might be um yeah i think after having some experience in sports cars i'd love to do le mans um i'd love to try to at least test a formula one car at some point in my career um yeah i mean even even from the uk when i was racing there watching a lot of i was racing on the british touring car weekends and those cars look a lot of fun to to race um and the racing always seems really awesome so it'd be awesome to do a race with that who knows the connection with bmw maybe it's possible um but yeah yeah i think there's there's quite a quite a few races in the world that i'd like to do um in my career British touring car. I mean, that's one of the reasons we love you. You're not just going for the obvious things. Uh, let's see. Where do we go here? Gary Chin, very important question for you. Colton, if a sponsor asked you to cut your lovely locks of hair, would you do it? What would it take to get you to just buzz the whole thing off? Bald Herda showing up to a track. <laughs> I don't think I would ever do that. I would never be bald, but... Um... You know, I think if it's that important to a sponsor, which I think nowadays it's not as important, I think that's kind of an older thing to have a be very clean cut and, and short hair and stuff. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think my grandparents would probably love that, but I don't, <laughs> I don't have an interest in doing that. Do we blame Hinchcliffe? Maybe Rossi? You know what I mean? They've always, granted, I've, I've had a, I have a perma beard welded to my face, but I'm not, you know, frontline IndyCar driver. Do we blame them for the kind of lax grooming thing that's become okay? Yeah, I, I would say so, yeah. I, we just got to get power or Pagino. Granted, they their beards are the saddest thing ever. Uh, it's like hair well, just kind of dies on their face. Mustache, it's hilarious. That's true. We just, I mean, we got to get them out for a proper race weekend with, with whatever that skin beards on their face or mustaches. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Will Velkoff, young lad who's been sending in a lot of fun stuff here. More on the uh, engineering uh, tip of late says, Hey, Colton would love to gain some insight on the differences you felt in the car in balance after the introduction of the aero screen and also what types of general setup or driving style changes were necessary to adapt great question um as far as the feeling that the car changed it wasn't too much um i think the balance that we had was um very very loose at the beginning because we we're trying to move weight um to counteract the uh, the aero screen which is about 75 pounds and Obviously, it, it raises the uh, center of gravity quite a bit, too. Um, so I think the feeling that you got while driving, it was it was just a little bit slower, um, but it still felt like the same IndyCar. Um, and as far as changes, I guess, like I said, you try to move weight around to counteract it um, and, and try to get, I guess, weight a little bit lower in the car. 
Um, and obviously that's not a problem with me because I have a lot of weight in my car. There you go. Uh, let's see. Greg Liver's Edge says, as a young IndyCar driver, I'm sure advice is given all the time. Is there anything that stands out as the worst advice you've received in your career, Colton? Um, I can't really. Uh, and why is it always from your dad? <laughs> yeah, probably like if you ask like 12 year old me that question, I would definitely answer with something that my dad told me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I've. Your career would suggest you haven't been given a ton of bad advice. I so. was told one time by somebody that I have to save the brakes and warm up to make sure that they last for the race. But I'm not going to say who that was. <sighs> yeah. Which obviously we have carbon brakes and they change the brakes so often that we, there's no need for that. Yes. Now, if you were told that before a 24-hour race... Uh, you know, there might be a little bit. That would make more sense. Yes. Maybe not an hour and 45 minute IndyCar race though. Uh, Todd Dostal. Great question here. Says Colton, first off, congratulations on the, uh, Gainbridge announcement. Says second, growing up around racing drivers. Was there anyone you were ever nervous to meet or approach either as a kid or now as a star in the IndyCar series? Anyone you look at and get the butterflies like, damn. Um, I think when I was a kid, I don't know that I was really nervous of anybody. Maybe like standing in the autograph line for like the the GT races and some of the European guys used to like, I don't know, they used to look a little scary to me. (laughs) Um, But I can't really name anybody in particular. I don't don't really remember anybody. For sure, the IndyCar side of things, I was always very comfortable. Um, And I was always very outgoing as a kid, so it wasn't really a problem for me. But, um, yeah, I, I can't really recall one instance because you've, you know, this is your, your sandlot. This is where you've grown up. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Robin Miller, maybe, maybe that one was like, oh my God, I can't believe yeah. <laughs> I've filled to this day. Yes. And no, I'm not getting into that van with you, Miller. Leave me alone. Uh, let's go to our pal, Sarah Morell. She asks, what was your favorite part? of working with Gleaner's Food Bank as a sponsor. And she also asks, is there a difference in responsibilities of, say, working to help promote a charity instead of, say, a private business or uh, one that has stuff to sell, like, say, Capstone? Um, I think the goal is still the same, to get the absolute most reach for a sponsor. Um I think morally it feels a little bit better with gleaners. Um, and it was really nice. Like I got to go for, for a few days and help load up some cars for them. Um, and basically how it, it, people that don't know how it works is, um, it's, it's a food bank in India, Indiana. And, um, if you are struggling for food, you can drive through in a car and, and then load, load food up in the back of your car and you drive away so i got to do a little bit of that and that was really cool um obviously i never had a a a, um a um a banner too which was which was awesome they put up a banner in indianapolis or yeah an advertisement banner so that was that was pretty cool too um but no i think morally you feel a little bit better about yourself um but i think the goal is still the same with every sponsor is to get as much exposure to them as possible. 
Let's go to, you know, boy, this episode is flying by. Uh, let's go to James Washburn. Another very important question. Colton, do you now worry about Rossi and Hinch getting revenge at Indy next year in the bus lot? Are there any active measures you're starting to put in place to protect yourself? <laughs> uh, no, I think everybody seems to think it's still me that did that. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, it's going to be tough for them to get me because I stay in my dad's bus and they're obviously not going to do anything to that. Um, I, yeah, I, I struggle to think like what, what they could do. Um, you know, obviously they can do something to my car that I have there, but it's, it's the, the car that Honda gives me. So it's not really my problem. And if they did something, it wouldn't matter too much to me, <laughs> to be honest. So I, I don't know, maybe we'll do something on my, on my scooter or something, but you know, I'm not really too worried about it. Uh, our pal Brad at Bzad from Twitter asks, Colton, do you have a double kick drum pedal? And is it comparable to left foot breaking? He also asks, which classic albums have the best drum sound? Um, okay, so I've never used a double kick, actually. Um, the style of drumming that I usually do is it's never been necessary. And I've actually never even tried a double kick. Um which is interesting. I'd love to try one, but um, it's, it hasn't been necessary to me um, as of yet. And classic albums. Uh, I really like the Disorder album from Joy Division. I, I like how the drums sound in that and how punchy the snare is. As far as drummers, I think a band called the 1975 George Daniel has really good chops and, and their drums always sound very unique um, and it's very poppy. Also, the Arctic Monkeys drummer, Matt Helders, does a really good job with his chops and his fills that kind of brings a new level to the sound, I think. Um, so those are a few guys that I think do a really good job. Um, and obviously, uh, I, I love how the Kinks had their, their snare sound too which is very interesting how old it was and it still came out very punchy and very clear. Um, so yeah. Nuanced answers. And I believe the first joy division reference on my podcast are almost at a thousand episodes. Got our first joy division. Look at that. Uh, we're sticking with music as a theme here. Our pal Lance Snyder, our minister of mirth on the show says Colton Connor Daly is known as quite the screamer on his Twitch streams says you're a drummer you two and you two have collaborated in the past. Uh, when can we expect you and Connor Daly to form a death metal band? <laughs> Connor does kind of have that vibe, right? Just hanging on the, the mic stand crouch uh -huh. low screaming his lungs out. He's already red, but his face just like glowing red. Like I can see that. Can't you? Yeah, I think he needs to learn to play an instrument, and I need to learn to play with the double kick then. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to stick with music. Chris Peterson, Colton, uh, you're stuck on a desert island and can only take two artists or bands' catalogs with you to listen to. What do you take? He says the only correct answers to this question are Rush and someone else, by the way. <laughs> um, 
I've been listening to a band called The Lovely Bad Things a lot now. Um, and they're not a band anymore, but I really like their music. Um, so I take them. And then the second one's tough. It's, you know, I, I feel like I, I run through run through kind of albums and, and don't listen to them a lot after that because I overplay and then I get bored of them. So it's got to be something relevant to now. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure. I would maybe whatever people say the arctic monkeys album or maybe something completely different like some fleetwood mac I, i'm not sure fleetwood mac look at that i th- i thought you just scoffed at anything that wasn't you know black flaggish or similar holy cow we're, there's levels and layers we didn't even gotta know change about. it up sometimes look at that your dad is just having a little easy listening smile right now uh let's see a couple more and then we're uh, we're gonna say farewell here steve grinstead dang it steve you get serious on us that's okay so colton great news in the announcement uh is there anything from the shortened weekend schedules we had in 2020 that you'd like to keep uh to maybe apply to quote normal weekends when we get going in 2021 that's assuming that we're gonna have normal weekends but uh anything from the shortened stuff where you go, huh, maybe that'd be cool if we kept doing that. No, not really. I I, I didn't really like it too much having, you know, one day of pra- just going one practice session straight into qualifying. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, you know, I, I like to be able to drive quite a bit on the, on the weekends. Um, and obviously, we haven't really had problems getting up to speed or anything, but it's just nicer to go over the data and kind of analyze everything in it you know get get even more out of the car um so i i wasn't a huge fan of the short weekends i'm not sure um so i don't really think there is anything about it this year that i would keep you know that's a really it's a really basic observation but it's brilliant in its essence i like to drive and they yeah. made us do less driving so i didn't like that i don't you know again it's a kind of an obvious thing to say but i don't know if all of us appreciate that fact that you know hey if you love whatever other sport hey we're gonna cut your time during the game in half or whatever it might be like there's beyond the competitive side there's also just a basic passion right you love to drive race cars it's Mm -hmm. your profession but they changed the rules and said you don't get to do it as much i mean that's (laughs) It's one of those core things where you go, but it sustains me and, and feeds me. Please let me do it more. Maybe folks don't appreciate that for you and, you know, the other IndyCar drivers, less track time just means less time getting to do the thing you love. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, look at that. We're having truisms of life. Uh, why don't we close here? Out of left field. Absolutely love it. From Chris Hoffman says, Colton, can you describe how different it was? To drive a Formula E car versus your Indy car. Uh, also curious, did you have to drive it differently from a conventional open wheeler? Um, I feel like the driving style is pretty similar. Um, it was very weird at first because you hear everything that you don't usually hear when you have an engine. Um, so you could hear hitting the curbs. You could hear all the rocks hitting hitting the uh the car when you were driving and you could hear the car bottom um you could hear the lockups 
so you could hear all these weird things that um kind of seemed unorthodox and very strange at first no i think the, the driving style was similar one of the really cool things about it was the the level of torque um, obviously the top speed the one that i drove was the previous generation it's the top flow um but the the way that it got to the top speed was so fast so you'd come out of a corner in instant acceleration uh and it was almost like you're hitting a limiter when the torque would kind of run out and you would get to the top speed and that and that would be it so uh, it was interesting to drive i really enjoyed the car though um and i enjoyed the experience no it's one of those dumb kind of follow-up questions but do you think that's going to be a help at all when we do get to IndyCar's hybrid engine formula coming here sometime soon to at least be able to give your team, granted, they have experience in Formula E as well, but just at least with your direct engineers and whomever else may be working with Honda, do you think you know the relatively brief amount of time you had in Formula E might give you at least a little something that uh, would be a bonus uh, to help compared to lots of folks in the series who have zero? hybrid experience um maybe i'm not too sure though because that was um four years ago now and i only did one test day so um i don't i don't really think so what's uh what's on the uh, the docket here for you over the holidays are you locking down and wearing five masks at all times are you gonna try and uh go rent a boat and go out in the ocean what are you gonna do here to try and enjoy the holidays and recharge in a uh pretty crazy world um yeah i mean there's not not too much to when i'm out in california i do a lot of surfing and obviously it's the winter time now so it's it's getting to where the the waves are consistently big and nice so um do a bit of that um but yeah obviously it looks like california is going back into lockdown mode so uh probably just be hanging out underground bunker time holiday Love it. Yeah. Colton Herta, thanks as always. Congratulations on this pretty cool development for you with the Andretti Autosport team and Gainbridge. Look forward to speaking to you in the new year. 